1: Is she an alien?
0: I'm too old for Dora. Um, oh no. <laughs> I was of the Blue's Clues generation. No, not even that. I was too old for that too. Oh man. This is where the part what where were the you? fact that I'm, oh God, we were like, ah. Uh- I don't even know it was on TV when I was a uh, youngin, because it was the '90s. The '90s had all sorts of strange TV,
1: man. So you say you're too old for Dora, but I have news for you: there was a live-action Dora movie that just came out fairly recently. So you could have just hopped onto that bandwagon if you wanted to.
0: Now, what they need to do is, if you know how, like they did Grim Dark Archie and Grim Dark Sabrina the Teenage Witch, where they were like, "Let's yes. take this uh, ten-cent comic book from the '50s about like." I don't know who I'm dating or I like hamburgers, <laughs> but instead they'd like decided to make it like some sort of teen drama where people, I yes. don't know what happens in that show. Cause I didn't, see there's no show made less for me. There's murder mysteries. I think is what it is. Oh boy. Yeah. I can't wait till they do uh grim, dark scoob, grim,
1: dark scoob. There have been fan trailers for grim, dark scoob. And some of it is Okay, I don't hate it. It's not for me, but it, if it gets more people to like Scooby-Doo, I'm here for it. Even if it's like, you know, Scooby ate someone like zoinks.
0: I don't know what the grim Dark thing would be. <laughs> But we could do like a uh, geography show grip. Like we could have Dora versus Carmen yeah. San Diego and oh, that's a fight to the death.
1: Oh, that's <laughs> real good. I like that. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Well, I gotta find find her on my map. It's the map, it's the map, it's the map, it's the map. You get the song. What a setup. Talking about maps today.
0: Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> hi. Hi. Welcome to It's Probably Not Alien. <laughs> Oh,
1: you were here this whole time? We didn't realize we were podcasting. We just record our conversations with one another all the time, always. And now you're listening to it. That's pretty good. Uh, My name is Scott Nicewander. I know nothing about
0: anything, and I'm here to learn along with you all. I'm Tristan Johnson, and uh, once a week I go into a sort of hole where I look up (laughs) Absolutely. Like I try to take just the absolute most ridiculous takes extremely seriously and come up with usually something depressing. That's usually my go to.
1: That's what you listen to this show for is for for you to think that you're going to have an uplifting message. But really, it's just you walk away going. Oh man! Oh history! Oh man! Oh boy!
0: Yeah, this is episode eight, and I'm sure you guys remember last week where I, um, I just I somehow made Easter Island sad. So
1: how do you do that? <laughs> Easter's such a happy time. Mm-hmm. He ha- he has risen, Tristan. That's oh, what Easter's about.
0: Well. What are we talking about today? We're talking about a little known part. It was mentioned in the pilot of Ancient Aliens. By the way, this show is where we look at claims made by uh, pseudo-history, pseudo- archaeology, but specifically we're kind of digging through the Ancient Aliens TV series and just finding cool subjects to talk about in the process of being like, you know, maybe it's not aliens.
1: Boy, we gotta get better at making these podcast introductions, huh? This is we're true. Getting there. We're, we're, we're getting there, people.
0: Work in progress. We're on Episode eight, uh, you know, they say it takes 10,000 podcast episodes to truly master uh, techniques. So, well, we're on our way. Mm A couple more months. So this is a little bit that was mentioned in the pilot. And then they immediately dropped it and pretty much never mentioned it more than like a glancing thing until... They decided to do a special Antarctica episode for season 14.
1: How many seasons is it on right now, this show, do you know?
0: Uh, If I recall correctly, uh, season 16 is currently airing. Did you know there are more seasons of Grey's Anatomy
1: than this show? And I've watched almost every episode of Grey's Anatomy at this point during the global pandemic. Oh, gosh. (laughs) So uh, these are the two shows that have filled my time void, Grey's Anatomy and Ancient Aliens. And there's a lot to talk about.
0: Yeah. So this episode we're talking about today is a little one. And also, this goes into some stuff that I think is really cool. It gets into Ottoman history it gets into the sort of Mediterranean world and also the art of map making and like what ideas and technologies existed in these periods to sort of hash out how you make maps. Without satellites. yeah, And also, uh, there's a few other things that are just also super fun, which is one, we're talking about the Piri Reis map, which is named after its creator, but also that this map has dual purpose because not only do the ancient aliens people love this map, but so do the Atlantis people, the people who try to prove that there's a hidden continent called Atlantis.
1: Oh, that's fun.
0: Yeah. And
1: also- They like this map
0: another uh sad development that i that came through the episode of ancient aliens that this was featured in is that uh michio kaku somehow has become a regular contributor to this show oh no michio kaku like the uh one of the like intellectual fathers of uh the current model of string theory or whatever and like a like oh, a regular science communicator, like a legit dude, mm-hmm. and he was like he was on H and Aliens. And I'm like, oh no, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, get out, leave.
1: Don't be tainted by this.
0: I have a theory that he just he's one. He's like he's like the Nicolas Cage of science communicators in that he will just say yes to anything. <laughs> I ask no questions. Hey, do you want to
1: part of? Do you want to be part of this show? Where yes. Oh, you didn't let me finish my pitch. I do not need you to. I, you want me to be a part of something? I want to be a part of everything. This works
0: out for both of us. And just like Nicolas Cage, Michio Kaku's problems come from having a crippling uh, financial addiction to buying dinosaur fossils, so. That'll get you. That's my favorite <laughs> bit of trivia about Nicolas Cage. That is true about
1: him. He does, he also is a huge, he's a very avid comic book fan as well. So look at this. We're crossing, it cross- Crosses both of our interests. I love comic books. You love dinosaur bones
0: and history. Uh, I also like Ghost Rider. So, uh, so let's talk about this map. Uh, there'll be a picture in the show notes if that's a thing we can do, uh, at least a link yeah, to a picture. Yeah, there'll be a link uh, if, we can, if we can remember to do that. Otherwise,
1: we, you can just Google it and we'll have it spelled out in the
0: description. Yes. So this is a map from the 16th century, specifically the year 1513. And it is a very cool look into what people thought the Americas looked like when we are less than 30 years out from Columbus and 1492 and everything like that. So everything is like brand new. Mm-hmm. It is a map of the world. But the thing that the ancient aliens people grab onto is that if you go south of South America, there's this whole southern coastline of the world, which that's that's not a continent that we just discovered until much later because we know that there's a South Pole called Antarctica. Yeah. And according to the ancient aliens television series, this map's outline of the coast of Antarctica perfectly matches the actual coast of Antarctica, not the frozen coast, which means that they could only have had access to either ground penetrating radar, which mm. is the only way that we've been able to map the continent, or Sure. they somehow saw Antarctica without any ice. Which would be weird because it, it would be weird. Antarctica has been covered in ice in a very long time. That that is wild. I guess I didn't realize that as I was watching this because I was
1: like, "Oh, okay." They just mapped the the borders around Antarctica, but no, it's the under the ice.
0: Well, here's the thing: Antarctica wasn't even discovered until the seventeen hundreds. I want to say, if not the eighteen hundreds. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google the that answer real quick because I don't want to. Okay. Yes. Okay. Antarctica was first confirmed, uh, sought, or seen in 1820. So this would have predated that by 300 years. Over. So this is
1: this is the first known map of Antarctica. Period. Well before people thought that we had discovered it
0: well yes this would if this is antarctica this would be somebody who had mapped out antarctica 300 years before we even thought the first person ever saw antarctica
1: what do you mean if
0: (laughs) (laughs) uh so that's that's sort of the the claim because like this coast you could have only seen with advanced technology and that how could this guy have this map and so if you really build up the ancient aliens theory, it's that in his notes, Piri Rees writes about this map being based off of reading ancient texts, which gives people a theory that there might have been something in Antarctica mm. and that that's where the aliens are or where uh, an advanced human civilization lived in the past and that the ice actually all showed up very, very quickly, like some sort of uh day after tomorrow type situation.
1: Are we sure penguins aren't aliens? I mean, how confident <laughs> are we? If there was a candidate, it would be is there you see, they're like birds, but they're wrong. You know, like they're off slightly. They are
0: the only animals besides humans who wear clothes because they have those little suits.
1: That is true. And that's weird. And we <laughs> never question it. And it's so bonkers that we don't think about it. More.
0: Open your eyes, sheeple. Um. So let's take a look at this map to see if these people are up to it. If this is indeed a sign that they had either yeah. advanced technology or that they had discovered something before the time that we thought of, or that something funky's going on. Mm-hmm. But let's begin with the map. The map itself is—it's called the Piri Reis map today. It was built in, or it was made or put together, uh, yeah. drawn in Drawn, 15th, up. doodled up. Yeah, it was doodled up in 13 or in 1513 by an admiral and cartographer named Pierre Rees. This is only one third of his world map and uh, the other two parts do not survive to this day. So it's really interesting in a lot of different ways for archaeologists and historians of this period of history, this sort of like really early age of exploration stuff. Mm-hmm. First of all, it gives us kind of an idea of what explorers, like what the old world thought the new world's topography looked like as Late as 1510. And if you all remember, Columbus discovered, discovered, he, di- he discovered uh, huge heavy air quotes there. Yeah. He discovered Hispaniola in the same way that the asteroid discovered the dinosaurs. Uh, but he, <laughs> but yeah, uh, this is only, I'm doing math 13, <laughs> 13 plus eight. This is a DD. and d It's only 21 years after Columbus's voyage. Yeah. So very soon after, it is before the 1520s. So this is even before Hernando Cortez and the Aztecs and everything. Mm -hmm. So this is really, really early. And that is very useful for understanding what people had and had not mapped out at that time. The other thing, too, is that Piri Reis claims that part of the maps that he studied to compile this world map involved looking at stuff that had been drawn by Christopher Columbus on his voyages, which is really cool because Christopher Columbus's actual maps don't survive. We've never been able to find them. Oh, interesting. This is something that historians have to deal with a lot, which this is not the thing but this is somebody who very likely, because there's like some corroborating stuff that shows that this is somebody who made a map based on looking at the real maps.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. So, so much so that w- someone cheated, someone copied off of someone's homework.
0: Yeah. That happens a lot in cartography. Yeah. Uh, Paper Towns is literally Paper named. Towns. Yeah. I was thinking that same thing. Yeah. There was no copyright back then, so it doesn't really matter that much. But it does mean that there was a theory for a little while that there might have been actually surviving documents from Christopher Columbus in Turkey for a while, but they've never really turned up. Mm-hmm. Some other things that were also interesting is that it's a 16th century map that shows South America in its proper longitudinal population, po- uh, its proper longitudinal position in relation to the African continent. Which, if you look at some older maps from before this, when the um, when they were first sort of mapping out the coast of South America, they used to think that the area that is Brazil and like kind of the bulge of West Africa were much uh, like were kind of on the level. This one is the first time to really put it down low in a more yeah. accurate context. Because I know that
1: that was kind of a big thing in the in the Ancient Aliens episode is that you could overlay it overlay this map with a map of a modern map and then they would line
0: up very well
1: with a lot of these continents
0: yeah that is that was one of the funnier moments in the show because i watched that fade about a thousand times where i'm like oh yeah, it looks, if you, it, it's interesting because it's like they know which part of the screen they've been trying to draw your attention to. Yeah. And so when the fades happen, it's like, oh, North America isn't just a series of islands. Um, interesting.
1: Interesting.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, they do. It's it's one of the, and we've talked about this sort of thing before, but like the editing tricks of, of the trying to make their arguments uh, feel a little bit more convincing than they actually are. But that being said, it is cool to know that the that the map is, you know, get, gets the two continents in roughly the the more correct spot uh, compared to other maps that's nice
0: yeah and it's uh it was a very big discovery when it was found in 1929 and so much so that it have spent 10 years actually on the Turkish lira. They had a little uh, drawing of the map on uh, Turkish money for from 1999 until about 2009. Oh, that's awesome. Proud of that, I guess they are. Mm-hmm. The map itself is interesting. It is essentially a nautical uh, map that's used for navigation across the ocean. It's fairly standard map-making practice of the time. But the thing that does stick out is that the South American coast around the level of modern day Rio de Janeiro starts to move out east uh, mm-hmm. around the bottom of the map there. And this has been interpreted to be, oh, like this is um, Antarctica. This is the Antarctic coast. The main advancer of this theory is a guy by the name of Arlington Marley Mallory, who's a um, an archaeologist who also tried to write books trying to claim that multiple different people cross the Atlantic Ocean like... There's a lot of theories out there in pseudo-archaeology land that other peoples had crossed the Atlantic and visited the Americas before Christopher Columbus. Mm -hmm. Some are accurate. People, I think, are pretty well familiar with Leif Erikson now and the Vinland epics. Yeah,
1: Leif Erikson Day.
0: Yeah, and on top of that... There's also some documentation that people who lived in like places like Iceland and Norway had some uh, very vague contact with Inuit people who were also in the same waters. Sure, yeah. And there's maybe some evidence to say that people who lived in places like uh, Easter Island uh, showed a like Polynesian uh, crossover into the Americas at some point. But if so, it was very isolated and not continuous, didn't open up trade or anything like that.
1: Am I remembering wrong, or did you make a video about this? I made
0: a whole video series about this. Yeah, Um, that's right. There are prominent theories that the Chinese with Chong Ha's treasure fleet visited the Americas first. There's a prominent theory that African sailors came to uh, Mexico, and that's why the Toltec heads have a sort of uh, some some African facial features. That's interesting. There was a Roman trireme that somehow drifted across the ocean and wound up in Brazil, and people make that to suspect that maybe uh, Romans somehow got to South America. Oh my goodness. Lots of, lots of competing ideas here, it seems. I mean, the most fun one is that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints claims that after he died, Jesus went to America. And yeah, uh, can't forget that the Mormons have their whole, they have their own branch of archaeology just designed for trying to fulfill this claim that Jesus came to America and they have <laughs> their own, their entire own pre-Columbian American history that they want to work through so but uh, so this was a so this was an archaeologist uh, and what I should say, a civil engineer and quote amateur archaeologist there you go uh, who was really interested in these hypotheses and of course his stuff was not well received by archaeologists because it, 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 you know there are a lot of explanations for why this coast could have been there
1: right I think you should say it was not well received by mainstream archaeologists that's how this show ancient aliens keeps framing like mainstream scholars don't believe this stuff so that's how you know scholars yeah who want to peer review all of your work.
0: So that's how you know that these guys are the real cool rebels. Mm -hmm. Shaking things up. But it did get picked up by a 1966 book uh, by the name of Maps of the Ancient Sea Kings by a guy named Charles Hapgood. I I tried to write a joke in here that that sounds like a Dungeons and Dragons supplement. (laughs) Maps of the Ancient Sea Kings. Essentially, the idea that Hapgood tried to put across is another one that shows up a lot in Alternative history circles and pseudo-archaeology such, mm-hmm. which is this theory that before cl- the classical age, sort of like the age of ancient Egypt, ancient Greece and such, uh, that there was some sort of hyper advanced civilization that actually spanned the whole globe that then was destroyed and that they lived on Atlantis and like all sorts of stuff like that comes up. But this is basically what they're ah. they They try to say things like, oh, well, like you look in Mexico, there's pyramids. You look in Egypt, there's pyramids. How can yeah. there be pyramids? In two different places. Obviously, they had some sort of continuity that was broken up in ancient times, essentially there was even a documentary at one point that I fire call correctly was hosted by Charlton Heston that had this that was about this what that's yeah. cool but he basically made the argument that this was proof that there was an advanced worldwide civilization that existed thousands of years before Egypt that is uh literally from the description of this book that I found on Amazon so yeah the theory is that a uh that there was global exploration by a pre-classical undiscovered civilization based on his analysis of this and other ancient late medieval maps goodness then these claims okay here we go and then uh you know two or three years after this book came out this theory mm-hmm. was then grabbed and incorporated into another book mm-hmm. called chariots of the gods by eric von Däniken. and, and here, here we are <laughs> we're back at the source yeah we did it <laughs> Another major piece of pseudo-archaeology that shows up in is also a book called 1421, The Year China Discovered the World, which is a book sort of really pushing that Chong Ha theory about the Mm -hmm. treasure fleet coming to America by Gavin Menzies. Uh, This is a guy who's come up in a couple of things that I've studied in the past. But yeah, he also tried to use this map to claim his thing. So this becomes a thing that shows up. That every alternative history pseudo-archaeology guy wants to incorporate into their narrative. Cause it's like, wow, look at this map. Look at this shows things that you we wouldn't know about. What what's that all
1: about? Mm, interesting. Maps, right? How cool are maps? You know, I'm still thinking about the idea that they put it on money, they put the map on money, because I think that makes for a really cool like national treasure type. <laughs> treasure hunt. Cause he cause in the first film he like looks at a hundred dollar bill to, to look at a building real close. And I'm like, if you put a map on money, just try and try and stop Nicolas Cage from turning that into a treasure hunt. There's a lot of Nicolas Cage is the Nicolas Cage every episode. We are talking about Nicolas Cage so much he should be a, our third unofficial co-host
0: the reason why you think it's on the money is just because this is a uh, you know big piece of turkey like sure turkey should be like, but also i'm just saying it's fun yeah and on top of that you, there is some validity to this because the uh-huh. the piri reese map is not typically put on public display it's usually kept in archives it's not actually put in museums very often so uh-huh. the public doesn't often get to see it so uh what are they hiding what's on the other side of this uh this high are they hiding
1: yeah what do we got to look at with Benjamin Franklin's bifocals. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: this is... I have to actually watch those movies at some point. It seems like it's like, the more I hear about it, the more wild it sounds. You've and never
1: seen any of them? No. Oh, we got to Can we make a whole video about national treasure? I, or a, a whole podcast about national treasure, please. I know that this is about ancient aliens and that doesn't have to do anything with aliens, but it's still some fun history that we could look into as like a fun bonus thing. Maybe 50th episode. We'll look at national treasure movies. That's not a promise. We'll probably forget by then, but but
0: all right. Yeah. Because like all I know, like everything I know about American history is just going to it's just going to there's going to be a lot of psychic damage that comes from watching. This. Yeah.
1: The second movie is about El Dorado, I think. Oh, fun. Um, yeah. And then the first movie is about just 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 some just generic treasure. But anyway, we continue on.
0: Yeah. So first thing we have to do is make sure that map pedants are satisfied because one of the first things that I found out while looking in the area, like the only one of the places that I had to find to find people who knew what they were talking about talking about the piri reese map came from map pedants on reddit um And um, I, wa- I wandered into a whole new world about how people who are into cartography have very strong opinions about map projections. And the ultimate irony is that
1: there is not a map for getting into this new world of, of map <laughs> yeah. pedantry.
0: So what I from what I can hear is that uh, when you try to put a three-dimensional object on a 2D surface, like putting a globe onto a 2D map, Uh, You have to warp the way that it looks in order to uh, have that work and how there are many, many different ways to warp it for different reasons. And there are just a whole world of people who have very strong opinions on which way to warp the map uh, works. This is why in our heads we think that Antarctica is humongous and Greenland is giant because uh, our map that we typically use gets warped around the poles Uh, because you think, yeah, anyways, so yeah, yeah. no, I get it. I get it.
1: Because you, you can even you can see it, I think, if you look at maps, the the lines, the longitude lines, I think it further and further apart the the more that you look, the more towards the poles they go to indicate that they are stretching out mm-hmm. to try and help you at that. But not that it helps much, because you still look at it and you go, Wow, this is, uh, Greenland's a really big place. And then you actually see it on an, a globe, the way that the Earth is supposed to be displayed because it's a round thing. And you're like, oh, wait, no, actually,
0: all of this in my head is wrong. At some point, we're going to have to get into the people who uh, who challenge that claim that the earth is a round thing. I was trying to dance around it, but you, you got me there. So one of the claims that comes from ancient aliens is that this is something called a azimuthal map, which was a common type of map that was made in this period where they take some point on the earth and use that as sort of the center and all of the lines sort of go towards or away. From that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's pretty common in the, this period, but this is not one of those. Uh, the way that ancient aliens describes it is that they used egypt as the center which if this was an azimuthal map that would not be what they did because a lot of muslims put mecca as the center of any of their azimuthal maps because cartography in the islamic world was essentially like one of the things that it was developed for especially was for finding the proper direction of mecca so because muslims pray towards mecca so they have to Mm -hmm. they went to very long lengths to try and find out how to uh find the right direction to point and everything like that so uh, that is a lot of the reason why the medieval Muslim world was really into developing cartography so a lot of their maps have Mecca at the center which makes sense in that in that sense but um, this is not one of those uh, and the other thing that points out if you look at the map is that the equator is straight and in any map that is doing that the equator would not be straight so what this is is a cylindrical projection map where you map the world onto a cylinder oh. this is really useful for keeping the uh, lines of latitude straight, but then everything sort of gets warped in different ways. Interesting. There's so many cool ways to to map a map. I'm learning a lot. And also there's a bit of implying that In order to make these kinds of maps, you'd have to be able to see these places from the sky. Also, not true. Uh, Like It's not that people didn't know that there was a globe Earth. They sort of played into this idea that people didn't know that the Earth was round when they had a very clear, especially cartographers had a pretty clear idea that the (laughs) Earth was round and globes were a thing at the time. They did have globe If anything, a lot of the discoveries that were made, after this map, show that the Earth is actually a lot bigger than they thought. Mm. And so, like, if this was a map made with hyper-advanced alien technology and alien help, uh, we have to learn some things that like seems that aliens are not very good at making maps. <laughs> the see, like, the thing is, like, the show tried to portray, like, oh, this map is scarily accurate and did that that epic fade uh that really just <laughs> like shows. So like there's a there's a bunch of things that are interesting in that map that don't show up even in the fed they did like mm-hmm. uh for example this is like by the way we're getting into like hyper map pedantry here so here we yeah. go. Oh, please, um, please <laughs> do not go gentle on this. Let's go. So uh, one of the people complaining pointed out that many of the rivers in the Iberian Peninsula were in the wrong place. <laughs> <laughs> and that the Niger, uh, the Niger rivers, headwaters were all in the wrong places. OK, so the, the the sentence that I got and this is so perfect was if it had been drawn by aliens, they were aliens that needed glasses or a better way to distinguish water from not water. <laughs>
1: Oh, map pedants might be (laughs) my new favorite people, I think.
0: (laughs) This is very fun. Yep. The other thing uh, the Piri Reis map has is random islands scattered throughout the Atlantic. Uh, One of the things that's interesting to point out is that it has two Virgin Islands, um, hmm. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, the reasoning is probably that Piri Reis was working off multiple different maps and didn't think that they were different islands, but they were different projections of the exact same island. I see. It's like,
1: ooh, there's an island here. Ooh, and this person says there's an island kind of close by to that one.
0: Yeah, and if you look at the epic fate again, yeah, South America looks really good. Um, but at this point in the in the 15, te- uh, 15 teens, mm-hmm. like Europeans or the old worlders, I guess I should say, had not really done much cartography of North America.
1: Mm. So
0: North America on the map just looks like a bunch of random islands. Right. Uh, and I think one of them might be labeled as Japan because this is before <laughs> they were 100% sure that the Americas were not the east side of Asia. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so like a lot of like North America's map is like him taking stuff from Portuguese sailors who went up and down the coast but then also corroborating that with maps of East Asia, because Pyrrhus was convinced that this was also the East End of Asia. So the map is sort of this garbled yeah. mix of those two things together. Are we sure that North America
1: wasn't a bunch of islands that just Zord combined to form one mega island?
0: You know what? If you think about it? We were all Pangaea at one point.
1: We all were. <laughs> is it possible that by the time this map was drawn and today, North America sprouted out of the ocean via gigantic volcano.
0: I mean, you do have that Yellowstone mega volcano. That could be the one that didn't go off. It
1: all goes there. It's all from there. I'm spitting out new ideas. This whole show is about (laughs) us debunking bad ideas. And my whole job on the show is to spit out worse ideas.
0: (laughs) Maybe, uh, I mean, I would be actually surprised if Ancient Aliens doesn't at one point get to the Yellowstone supervolcano. That feels like, while they're not, I can't see the connection right now, I feel that there's... The, that's that's like a, a cool thing that the History Channel loves to cover that at some point the super volcano underneath Yellowstone fun, will be
1: that, that's a fun challenge we should issue tweet at us at ProbsNotAliens what do you, what's your ancient aliens Yellowstone theory Here let we us go. know
0: so that's fun so this is a map that's really useful for understanding how people in the 16th century thought the Americas looked and it's really great at getting into the heads of modern cartographers but it's not a very accurate map no
1: it does not sound like it's particular particularly accurate so let's then talk about the antarctic coast let's do that i'm i this is the thing i'm i'm incredibly curious about
0: you've you've teased it at the start i gotta know more about it mm-hmm. so how do they map it well there is a thing that antarctica seems to start at around the same uh, latitude as rio de janeiro which mm-hmm is a bit a bit far north but um in the margin notes the description of how he got this part of the map says that it came from portuguese explorers who were blown uh, a little bit far away and went to a place that was very hot and that the day was 22 hours long so Mm. whatever that that does definitely seem like oh that seems kind of antarctic 22 hour long days you really can't only see that in like the far north and the far south not really a lot of references to antarctica being warm but yeah that that one's throwing me off a little bit. Very hot is not what I know about Antarctica. Mhm. It certainly implies it's somewhere south, but the the map is fairly accurate about latitude, but it's unlikely that where they went to was Antarctica. And so I've come to this is not a thing we have a perfect answer for. But there are yeah. theories.
1: I was thinking you were going to lead to that thought of like, maybe it's not Antarctica. When I read in the show notes that you have Antarctic coast in quotes. Yeah. So that kind of tipped me off a little bit. that that, that It might not be what we think it is.
0: But yeah, what, what are some explanations? So both of these would make complete sense to me. The first one is that the people that he got, the, the Portuguese sailors that he got this map off of, were mm-hmm. blown off course more than they anticipated, uh, but specifically that they kind of lost what direction they were going. And uh, essentially, as they were going south down the coast in, you know, south of Brazil, getting into uh, Argentina and sort mm. of uh, that sort of like southern South America that they thought they were going east. I see. And so they they calculated, they, they drew it as going east, but actually they were going south. And when they brought those maps back, Piri Reis just copied those into his own maps so they just got it on they just got a little mix up yeah um and so that so should just be that they misrecorded their earth the other one is very fun that i this is this was a fun fact that tristan learned today oh this is good all right tristan's fun fact corner i learned that people before this was sort of coming out of fashion around the time of uh piri reese but this was a thing that was common and was still done at this point until I learned about the 1700s, I think was like when this really started to phase out, which was something called Ptolemaic or cartography, which is a form of making maps where the assumption was that because all of the maps they have show so much land on the northern hemisphere, because yeah. I don't know if, like there's, there's a lot more ocean in the southern hemisphere of the earth, uh, that obviously this has to be balanced somehow. And so that there was this tradition that cartographers would do where uh, they would just add... big blobby huge continents in the southern hemisphere to sort of balance out the maps that there was you know an equal amount of land in the northern hemisphere and southern hemisphere you can't do that that's cheating yeah uh they called this this continent this continent that just was that had to exist because they needed to balance out the amount of land but they called it nullius australiasis (laughs) australiasis so this is where australia got its name from
1: that's incredible Mm -hmm. (laughs) so hold on let me run that back by you because that is so funny to me and I want to make sure that I'm understanding this correctly because it sounds too wild to be true are you telling me that when they were making these maps they would see these blank areas of sea and they would think to themselves there's not enough land on this map. What if we just made some more land right here? Just to, just to balance it out. Just to kind of, you know, make it so there's something else something else for the eye to look at.
0: Is that kind of what you're saying? Maybe, but not aesthetically. I think their idea was that there's no reason why there's less land in the Southern Hemisphere than the Northern Hemisphere. So there's okay. obviously a continent here somewhere we haven't explored it yet. But okay. we'll put it on the map to be like like, you know, there's something here. There has to be. So we're just going to... Uh, imply that this is here. I I definitely had interpreted that as you being like, well, they
1: didn't like the visual balance of the <laughs> of the water to land, so they had to create a continent just to just to make it look more aesthetically pleasing. Mm-hmm. But
0: that makes more sense what you're saying. It did start to fade out once mapmakers became like a bit more scientific as more of these crossing the ocean type voyages became normal and they had to have much more accurate maps in order to actually use for Uh, Like hardcore navigation, like they had to be able to put a compass on the map and stuff like that with Stetsons and everything like that. Navigating is difficult when there's not computers involved. (laughs) Which Um, is why ancient
1: aliens had to have done it because they had access to computers. See, you just stepped on your own
0: face with that line. (laughs) That's fair. Uh, This did not fully fade out of use, though, until James Cook circumnavigated the Earth in the 1770s. Because then they can say they they fully went around the world and there was most definitely no hidden continent that uh, that just existed that they could just fill our map with. We found them all. We got it. And so to sort of take all of these different claims and make some sort of conclusion about it, a historian of cartography by the name of Gregory McIntosh actually wrote a book called The Piri Reis Map of 1513, because historians don't have imaginations, to uh, really like investigate like what's going on with this. And what are the um like really, like a really in-depth study of the map and also looking at some of the claims. This was the one where he was able to find the connection between Columbus's actual writings and uh yeah. and sort of corroborate that with the things that Pierre Reese used to make the map. So this is the one that made the At least made a pretty strong case for the fact that Piri Reis was actually looking at real maps made by Columbus to make this map, which makes it invaluable because, you know, for all the horrible things about Columbus, this is like, you know, a pretty... I, I think I said once in uh, when I was a grad student that Columbus has to be like one of the most impactful people on the human species but absolutely did not do any of it intentionally.
1: yeah because what you're saying is that the the maps that he had created have not survived and that's what makes this. This map that yeah. very valuable.
0: Parts of this map were informed by Columbus's map. so we have a very rare glimpse into what yeah. Columbus like era people were uh, thinking the world looked like.
1: Yeah, it's it's disappointing that potentially one of the better things that Columbus could have helped out history with is no is not is not around. Meanwhile, all the other things that he did uh,
0: definitely had long lasting impact. Yup. Yeah, so he's. this is the book that found a lot of the connections he talked about about the multiple Virgin Islands, North America being this sort of weird confusion between maps of East Asia and maps, uh, very early maps of North America, and also point out some conspicuous errors when it came to the accuracy of the depiction of this Antarctic coast. First of all, one thing that was kind of pointed out, it's hundreds of kilometers north of where Antarctica is. Okay, so they're a little off. I think that's allowed. Uh, The other thing, too, is that one of the major geographic features of Antarctica is a place called Drake Passage, which is completely missing. And uh, the peninsula that does show up there looks closer to uh, western Patagonia, which is sort of the southern part of uh, Argentina. Okay, so maybe they just got some wires crossed. Of course, it's also odd to say that Antarctica could be described as having warm weather.
1: That one is doing it for me. Uh, Everything else you've said... I could just, you know, write off as honest mistake. But describing
0: Antarctica as hot
1: seems a little suspicious.
0: You might be in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. So what is ancient aliens doing here? It shows that they had a a gross misunderstanding of 16th century cartography, which is obviously a bit of a niche subject but if you're going to be like this is the history channel you're supposed to be educational in some capacity you should yeah. probably like have done some homework
1: please be pedantic about the maps we have a great subreddit for you if you need help
0: yeah I um, I am always blown away because we both make educational content and the amount of work that we put into try to make sure that ever the fact that you spent God knows how much money on eBay to find a 1960s version <laughs> of Captain America's cartoon that seems to (laughs) just that everyone seems to be trying to just erase from existence you were able to find um but they couldn't find at the history channel somebody who could talk to historians of the 16th century cartography to talk with us was like yeah
1: i don't think that's the problem tristan i don't think the problem is they couldn't find somebody I think the problem is they realized that if they did find somebody, it wouldn't make for a good Ancient Aliens episode. Would it make for a great special on the History Channel about ancient cartography? Absolutely. Would it make as much money as saying Aliens did it on an episode of Ancient Aliens? Probably not. Fair. And that's the problem.
0: And they don't particularly want history on the history channel these days as we've learned you, say, you, you could say history on the history channel is history <laughs> yeah the other thing too is that one of the claims that this map was taken from a more advanced previous civilization comes from the fact that Piri Reese claims that he consulted ancient maps in order to build this map I learned that that's actually a thing cartographers did a lot to make the map sound more credible oh interesting and in, in one of the ancient Ancient maps that he did uh, reference was that he looked at Alexander the Great's maps and things like that in order to Kind of composes together. And then one of the, in the episode on season 14 episode, there's one guy who just idly speculates that one of the places he might have found these ancient texts is in the Vatican archives. And all I can hmm. think is be really interesting to see how a probably Sunni Muslim Turkish admiral slash cartographer in the Ottoman Empire would be allowed to go into like some of the most sacred relics in all of Christendom. So it makes me think that if that, if that happened, that would be quite the, um, Quite the yeah. goodwill mission there. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's good
0: Especially point. because this is the thing that people don't talk about very much or is an interesting part of the whole uh, what led to Columbus even wanting to go west to find Asia in the mm-hmm. first place was because the Ottoman Empire was like on a huge upswing and they were starting to control the Silk Road. And so they did this entire uh, way to find another way to get to India and China without having to go through the Turks. So right. this is... This is interesting. This is like a time where there was like a major rivalry happening between the Ottoman Empire, which was sort of like on a big upswing in the early 1500s uh, versus like uh, the European powers, which had yet to build big colonial empires. So like they didn't have this massive economic advantage over other parts of the world yet. So this map we have here also, yeah, it doesn't really make the claim or doesn't really, it misunderstands that globes were a thing. And just because they couldn't make this map doesn't mean that the map had to come from aliens.
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's one of our main takeaways. Just just because you couldn't understand it doesn't mean that it had to be aliens.
0: Yeah, it turns out that that we thought the world looked differently like 500 four years ago. Yeah, and things have changed. They did not have
1: Google Maps back then. No. If they did, then they would have known better. They
0: would have felt real, real silly. If there is a thing that we can kind of sit back and look at, and that I think is one of the kind of cool things take away is that we take for granted a lot things like GPS satellites and the fact that we have satellite photography and like these hyper accurate ways of documenting the world and not realizing that not long ago, making a map was still a very complicated and very messy process that um, relied on extremely good uh mathematics and like think about being able to distort things in that fashion like that it was a very highly uh skilled profession i mean it still is today but uh the the amount of things they were able to make with the tools they had is still quite impressive do they
1: still are there still cartographers like i mean people
0: still make maps yes
1: people still make maps, but they're not like Going out and discovering new stuff. I feel like we've kind of covered all that. Uh, I mean, maps
0: for hyper-specific parts and and things like that. That's true.
1: That's true.
0: I live in a country where there are huge chunks of our country that people don't venture to very often. And we still randomly find things that um, we did not anticipate. I think one of my friends the other day found an island in a lake, which was on an island in another lake. Oh. And another island in another lake. Um, cause wow, I mean, I live in Canada, Canada's humongous and, um, there's a lot of places that just nobody can get to because it's just in the middle of nowhere or Russia, Russia's huge. And there's probably parts of it that have not been really charted all that well. And, uh, there's even a project today in Mongolia where they're trying to find Genghis Khan's tomb and, they, there's just so much area mm-hmm. to survey that yeah. they have like a sort of SETI at home thing where you can just look at pictures from the satellites they have scanning Mongolia and you can be like, does this look like a tomb to you? Like, is look there a tomb? Yeah, that.
1: That's kind of fun. I actually do like that. I, I, I didn't realize there was still so much work being done in the fields. And that actually is very exciting to me because it does make it sound like there are secrets and mysteries of the world that, that, uh, we haven't quite solved yet. And any one of you could do it. You don't have to be Nicolas Cage.
0: Oh, yeah. Everyone out there. I, uh, when I was in grad school for history, like in history, you have to take ArcGIS courses, which is basically like the highly advanced software for making different types of maps and such. So mm-hmm. I have memories of, of working with some of these, these yeah. tools. They are very annoying to work with. <laughs> Anyone can do it. Is what I will stick with. I
1: shouted so loud into my microphone when I said that. I was enthusiastic. Go out there, find a new part of the world that hasn't been documented yet. Maybe it's just maybe it's your backyard. Yeah. No one no one mentioned how many sticks there are out there. Document that. Anyway,
0: thanks for listening to this podcast, everybody. Yeah. Oh man. There was a, there was a, there was a unique energy in this one is all I got to (laughs) say. There was a unique
1: energy and I feel like it's because my cat Sparta has been right next to me trying to climb up on me for like the past 30 minutes. And I keep denying him just because I know it would, he would get in the way of my incredible mic technique, but say hi to the microphone, Sparta. Perfect. Hi.
0: That's a good, good performance so if you listen to this whole episode and somehow thought I could use more of that in my life yeah um, the show is at its probs not aliens on Twitter Uh, we have we have uh, YouTube channels where we talk about uh, various things you do focus on uh, comic books and superheroes and uh, occasionally Bob Ross and
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah if you you want
0: my if you want to just uh, watch
1: videos about me doing essays about nerdy stuff you can follow my YouTube channel nerd sync on YouTube and Tristan has a much better uh youtube channel that uh, tackles si- much more similar stuff to this podcast
0: oh let's not do this let's not let's not degrade each other or degrade ourselves uh yeah i, I run a youtube channel called step back where i do essays about the world and things informed by the fact that i'm a historian <laughs> i've had to really change my elevator pitch as i've uh, realized that history is not the only thing that people come to my channel for Otherwise, if you like this podcast, uh, we would love to get your four star reviews on whatever yeah. uh, podcast catcher you're using to watch this, listen to this. Navigate yourself.
1: See, that's a cartography joke. Navigate yourself Oof. to wherever you write reviews and leave comments. Uh, make sure you're following and subscribe. Yeah, we were trying to be the most four star reviewed podcast on iTunes. I know that's gonna hurt us probably, but I think it's just really funny goal to do so. Uh, The good news is if you don't even like us all that much, four stars, still technically pretty good rating without having to give us the full five. So it works out for everyone.
0: And of course, tell your friends and we will see you in the next one. Yes, until next time, my name is Scott. I'm Tristan. The truth is out there, probably.